This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Twist and Shout, the Ali Ash and Jeanette podcast. Today is a very exciting day because we're going to be talking to one of our very, very favorite people ever that we ever got a chance to work with. Or we have a pleasure to now admire from afar. I can't wait for this chat. Yes, it's Kevin Clifton. If you're a big Strictly fan, I'm sure you know who he is. We've got Kevin from Grimsby, King Kev, Kevin Clifton, the man of many names. But you know what I love the most about this chat with Kevin? Is number one, the turning points in his career. He's done so many different kind of things, uh, but still has been so successful in all of them, which goes to show you that to put anyone in a box of one thing that people can do, um, it could be a little bit risky because you might not get magic coming out of people and Kevin has really proved that through his career as a dancer as a choreographer now as an actor and singer and uh, and now even writing well well Kevin Clifton or should we say Kevin from Grimsby do we still call you that is that still a thing or um I to prefer to go by King Kev nowadays actually. oh I see <laughs> <Yeah>. okay <laughs> So stayed humble, stayed humble. <laughs> you stayed humble since yeah, you've yeah. got... I've forgotten my roots long ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, listen, this is... I feel like we haven't, we haven't seen each other in ages. We haven't spoken in ages. So this is like almost like a catch-up, isn't it? Yeah, well, I spoke with Kev. Kev, I was on your podcast and we spoke about, remember, Strictly and my whole series with Jake Wood on your podcast so we had a bit of a catch up, but you two haven't spoken in ages. No, Kevin, I haven't. No, we I haven't. feel like all catch ups at the moment are, are sort of in in a setting like that, like doing an Instagram live or doing a Zoom, or like it's always like, like one day yeah. we'll get to actually just hang out again. To be honest, this was actually the the main reason why Jeanette and I started the podcast was just to <laughs> just to catch up with people, just to keep catching <laughs> up with friends, yeah. really. Just so we can have a nice microphone at home as well when we're doing that. Yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> So Kev, you know, everyone, everyone that, that knows what we do, what we love doing, what we, why people would even, would, would even know our faces or names is obviously because of Strictly Come Dancing. And uh, if anyone doesn't know listening to that, we joined on the same, on the same day. We joined on the, in the same year. Yeah. And then, I mean, the rest is history really, isn't it? 
we go way back we go we go back before strictly i, I don't think that is something that that people would know in in general but uh in terms of strictly i feel like we have so many incredible memories on that mm. on that floor with group numbers with our numbers whatever what or however you look at it is that still in your memory as well as mine one of the one of the fondest thing you've ever done yeah of course like strictly's Obviously, like it's it's the biggest thing any any of us have done, I think, and we've done some pretty big things. But yeah, like strictly, I, I remember it like just that that first time when we all first joined, and it was sort of all very exciting. We were like these fresh faced youngsters, while well, you guys were, uh, <laughs> but like when we were like the fresh faced ones, and it was all very exciting. And then it it sort of very quickly became like 2015 or 16 and we were like oh we've been on the show a few years now like suddenly we were like the old guys and there's these <laughs> there's these youngsters coming in but yeah yeah obviously like it was it was exciting for us wasn't it and and I, I did seven years on the show so you guys have done eight years on the show now that went quick that flew by I mean five finals Kev that that's so it comes out of the mouth so easily but I can't my gosh, out of seven years, you win five finals. I don't think anyone's going to beat that record. That's incredible. I don't think anyone is ever, ever going to get to five finals ever again. <laughs> well, definitely no celebrity can get to five finals but in terms of pros. When we were looking all, on all the things you, you've achieved in your career, when you see it on paper, just that's fact. To, do, to make five finals out of yeah. seven series, it's incredible. It's a testament to you how amazing you are in, in what you do. I mean... To say the least, you know, it's never been the same, has it? No. <laughs> Do you, did you enjoy watching the series with a cup of tea on a Saturday night? I loved it. I got so <laughs> carried away. I was planning to play it really nonchalant. Like I was planning to be really sort of a little bit aloof and a bit cool and like, yeah, I've done Strictly now and I'm on, on to other things. And I thought, but obviously I'm going to watch it. And obviously Stace loves it as well. So we're, we're like right from the beginning, we, we're like, God, take away like the rest of the nation and, and, and uh, add a cup of tea and like, right, let's put Strictly on. And as soon as it started, I was so invested. I was so uncool about the whole thing. <laughs> I was like, I was so, I was so like, you know, like right from right from week one, I'm giving it like, how was that a four? Tell me how that was a four, Craig. Like, why does he do this? How was that? Like, I'm getting so angry about it all. I was like, this is what it must be like for like the whole nation watching. Because you guys must feel the same. You don't, you can't really feel like just how many people are watching the show when you're in it. Because you're just so tunnel vision about what you're doing and your routine. All you care about is, are they going to step on the right count on that New Yorker or whatever? It's all you can think about. But the fact that there's, you know, however many teen million people watching, you're not really aware of it. And it was real nice for me to just sit back and go, this is what it's like from the outside looking in and getting so invested in different couples and oh the injustice of I really like that couple's dance and, and they got marked down and I you know and, and all of that and and then I started doing because I wasn't going to do any podcasts on it on, on my podcast and then I was like I can't not talk about it while, while it's on so I was like right I'm just gonna review the show every week and like me and my sister and Lauren Oakley were just like it's all we could talk about. I tuned in. I tuned, <laughs> I tuned in. in as well. I, 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 I tuned, tuned in, in a yeah. few times and I was like yes Kevin is on my side this week. Yeah. <laughs> We actually had a couple of we actually had a couple of times on the weeks when we would be like doing the group numbers or, or whatever. We would actually talk about it, but what did 
obviously the judges liked it. You know, they only gave it a seven. But what did Kevin say on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> like he would know. His yeah. opinion matters. Well, well, Kevin made five finals. So if anyone knows, he knows. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Kevin. One of the things that we um we've always known about you. And I, I think we're similar in that way. We're very passionate people when it comes to something that we love. And there was always one point, and I missed that a little bit. I missed it this year for sure. There was always one point in the series where Kevin would just go, this is wrong. This is not <laughs> happening. This is not okay. He'd go backstage and kick off and tell every pro, everybody in production that he was upset about. With a beautiful Grimsby accent, though, by the way. With a beautiful Grimsby accent. <laughs> I always had a freak out week, like every year on Strictly, where uh, it was all just too overwhelming for me and everything's, and it all just came out in this frustration. It was probably just like nerves or insecurity or something. But like, I remember that week when I was dancing with Frankie, that we couldn't get off the surfboards or something on that jive week. Surfing USA, was it not? <laughs> trying to get out of the, the, trying to unclip and then dance on the surfboards and it was wobbling and all this. And, and like when, when props are not going your way, it's frustrating. And it was like late in the competition, you just want to get through and you're a bit insecure and, and whatever. And in the end, I just picked up the surfboard and launched it across the room. And I remember, I remember hearing that like you, Ali, you were, you were in the back where the screen is like in the green room going Kev's kicking off everyone come here <laughs> it was a moment it wasn't just Kev it wasn't just the moment it was what you had on as well because you were you were you had those sort of shorts on and that that sort of Hawaiian t-shirt or something on and then you know kicking off and then looking like that it was just the top you know it was brilliant I love it, it was it was a moment there yeah <laughs> Well, I definitely missed the Kevin freak out. We didn't have one like that this year. <laughs> and this year, like, I, you know, I actually th I thought of you so many times, but obviously, like I always do, do doing the show. I, I, and I will always do that. I'm I'm doing something. You can't say it, but it's a little thing that Kevin and I have. And uh, But because this year, the season was shorter, wasn't it? So it was only, what was it, nine weeks? Nine weeks altogether. <laughs> With two weeks of training, so it was 11 weeks. 11 weeks. But I felt like that was, when it gets, you know, when, when, we, when we speak about, you know, when, my, when our heads go sour, when everything sort of tends to go on for a little bit too long. But I felt like this year, with being only nine weeks, we never got to that stage. Because by the, by the time everyone sort of felt like you get tired, your body's tired, your mind is tired, you, you can't choreograph another dance. Mm -hmm. And then everything was finished. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't make the final. So for, for me, obviously, every, everything was even shorter. Yeah, but it was interesting because we didn't, obviously, we had all the COVID restrictions. It was something that had never been done that way on the show before. Mm. I think because, oddly enough, because there was no other distraction, it was just you and your celeb. We didn't even have to do pro numbers or pro dances because they had all been pre-recorded we didn't have to do guest acts because we were in the competition so they had you know uh, the pros that were getting eliminated as they went on those would be the pros that would do the guest acts and I think that that was kind of nice and in a sense for me and Harvey at least you know we did we did get to the final <laughs> uh, but it was um it was nice because you kind of just focused on the partnership and on the dancing together I think in hindsight created really good dancing I think some of the choreography from all the pros this year was really good and the dancing was really good so good show but yeah i miss the audience definitely this is another kevin thing actually 
Kevin, you are one of those people that really feeds off the crowd. I remember burn the floor days. If it was a quiet night, maybe it was a you know Thursday or Wednesday night evening show <laughs> where many people in. Kevin would come backstage in the middle of the show and be like, "Why are they clapping? They're like they're not even here. We need to push more. <laughs> We need to get them to." <laughs> So imagine doing Strictly with no audience. That was interesting. I, th- I think yeah. I would have found it really difficult because, again, like, you know, I was saying like I wanted to play it quite cool and, and all of that. It's like everything in me wants to be Bowie and it's all about the art and it's all, you know, it's all very sort of deep and windswept and interesting. But as soon as I see the audience, I'm just a total whore for the audience, basically. (laughs) (laughs) I still do that, Kev. I still bang the floor and throw my arms up before a number. (laughs) I don't know. It must have been weird in there. I mean, it didn't come, it didn't come across weird on TV. Like, actually, I thought it it came across really well on TV. I thought the whole show did an amazing job because I couldn't picture what it was going to be like knowing that there's mm. going to be no audience, but the atmosphere was still there. You know, you know who actually, like the, the people, because it was only the couples that were in the competition that could support really. And it was, that was the only thing that I felt like you could, you could feel the camaraderie even more than ever because it was so, it was so visual. Mm. I mean, it's always there anyway, but I felt like because there's no, no one else rather than just us, it was so clear that, that whoever was cheering was obviously just the couples. I mean, and, and it was enough at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah, they were. It was nice to see that everybody mm. was very supportive of each other because there was no audience. Whenever anyone finished, every pro and every celeb that was there was just like screaming at the top of their lungs to keep the energy up. You know who would have struggled on that year? And this is a point I kept saying, Pasha. They, I don't know if it's still a thing, but there used to be that rule that like you're allowed to go and practice two numbers before your number. Yeah, 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 like yeah, you're allowed yeah. to go backstage okay. and just have a little run through with your partner, two numbers. The rest of the time you've got to stay in the area, in Claudia's area to, you know, cheer on yeah. and make noise and, mm-hmm. and whatever. But you're two numbers before you're allowed to go and practice. But Pasha never worried about those rules. Pasha was always practicing out the back. And, and I used to go down for my practice and, and I'd be complaining to Jack Gledhill going, <laughs> going like, why is Pasha always there? Why is Pasha in the why, why have they got such blatant disregard for the rules? <laughs> and I thought, all the pros are going to have to be there to be the audience on this season. So I was like, Pasha would have really struggled with this. <laughs> And, and, I'm, and you're going to be happy when I tell you that this year everyone had to abide by the rules because to. of COVID. We couldn't, be, we couldn't be going in the same direction even. So everyone had to be practicing only two numbers before the dance. <laughs> <laughs> but I bet you missed that, like, sort of just everyone hanging out, the sort of the banter and camaraderie a bit. That's what I always, we, we always say that that's, to me, is the best part about Strictly. It's on the outside, this huge machine that, that runs that's been running for years and it almost feels like nothing can ever sort of steer it in any other direction but this amazing path that it's on but the best part of the the show it's always the the family feel of it Mm. which you only kind of really fully get once you're part of it and i feel like that was the thing that was for me at least that was if you were involved with it that was a little bit missing because you couldn't get because you couldn't see people you mean mean, like family feel that family feel like between the cast between the pros because you really had only contact with whoever your producer was that was in charge of your actual numbers and and that was it yeah that was you you, you literally could not see anyone else and even on the studio days you kind of you know that they reduced the number of people in the in the studio so so the risk is less mm-hmm. and uh, so that was the one thing that I felt like it was 
the best thing about Strictly that was missing from me this year, like being a part of it, was that feeling of, of a team. For the celebs that did it this year, uh, they, they wouldn't have known any better because we know what it's like because we've done it and we know what that feels like to have that kind of team camaraderie and like family feeling with all the celebrities and pros every year. But uh, I think for the celebs, it was nice in any case because number one, they didn't know, they just don't have anything to compare it to. They've never done it before. And number two, like I said before, just because you were so connected with your partner, it really felt like it was real teams. Like there was a real sense of like Jeanette and Harvey or Ali Ash and Clara or so and so. Like there was a real sense of like people coming together as a team for the first time um, because you just couldn't be with anybody else. You can only just be with each other. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I really want to, Aliash and I really want to get into this conversation with you because I sat down today and I looked kind of through your, your background and your history of the history of Kevin Clifton. And you've done, I mean, you started with disco dancing. Then you did Latin in Ballroom. Then you traveled the world with Burn the Floor. Then you joined Strictly Come Dancing. Then you went into musical theater, started singing and acting and dancing, triple threading it all. Now you've got your podcast. I mean, you are literally the man of all traits. You can do it all. Do you find that there's been any part of your career specifically? I mean, obviously we've talked about Strictly, how much that meant to you. But even if it is Strictly or something else, that you feel like, wow, that was a, a key point in my life where I felt like this is going to be a new change. This is going to be something that's going to put me in the next best possible direction. Yeah, I, I guess it for me, one of the most important parts of my career was, was when I left the competition world and joined Burn the Floor. Competition, like, it, it's how I... I just grew up in that world. My mum and dad were competitors and they had a dance school and like, I just grew up in that world. It's sort of all I knew. It was never like plotted out. It was never like, this is what's going to happen. It was just assumed. It was like, I'm going to be a competition dancer forever until I can't compete anymore. I'll do as well as I can. And then I'll become a teacher and a judge in the competition world. It was always just, that's 
it was never questioned. And then I, I just definitely got to a point in competitions where I just wasn't enjoying it. But I do have a tendency to do this. I have a tendency to sort of be in one place for a while and then need a change. I don't know whether it's like because I don't like being put in a box or, or whatever the thing is, but with with competitions themselves, I, I just I wasn't enjoying my dancing at all. Like I didn't like how I danced. I wasn't enjoying having lessons or practicing. I wasn't enjoying doing the competitions. So it became like, why am I doing this? And and I thought it was just because I'd never really thought about what I wanted to do with my life. It was all just. I was just doing the family thing and I'd never made a decision about it, never thought about it. And I was like, maybe I don't want to be a dancer. Maybe, maybe this isn't for me. I, I, I gave up dancing. I was like, yeah, that's it. I, d- I actually don't like dancing. And I gave up. And then sort of a, around a similar time was when um, Burn the Floor were getting in touch and, and saying, you know, Jason Gilkison and Peter Roby were saying, come and join us over here. And I started watching uh, Matthew Bourne shows. Uh, I, I watched like Edward Scissorhands and sort of fell in love with the whole thing. And, and I was like, oh, so dancing can be about storytelling and making people feel things and all of that sort of stuff as well. And I joined Burn the Floor. And the second I sort of stepped into a rehearsal room with all those monsters in Burn the Floor, it was like ev- everything changed for me. And I think what happened as well is that in Burn the Floor, Jason and Peter, they let me have enough rope to sort of discover myself a bit because I'd just been on this path of I'm this competition dancer I look like this I behave like this you know whatever everything was felt like it was almost decided for me Jason and Peter even though sometimes they knew that what I was doing was probably wrong or too much on stage or you know when I was too much no (laughs) (laughs) for a while it wasn't like you must be like this they just let me have enough rope to play with to then come to my own decisions so I felt like that was where where some people go to university and it's like they leave school they leave home they go to uni and discover themselves and, and what they like in the world I feel when I joined burn the floor it was that for me it was like me going and discovering myself. And that just changed how I thought about performance and dance and, and, and all of it. It's interesting because Anya, she had a very similar situation with Burn the Floor as well. Very, very similar. And you're so right. They give you, Burn the Floor gives you this platform to see what you really, if you, if you did, do decide to, to stick with dancing and if it's something you really in, in, enjoy doing, they give you the, the platform and the, the option to just be you and like I was the same because I felt like I joined as a as a Latin dancer and then halfway through I'd sort of and I've always enjoyed doing ballroom more anyway and then halfway through they went okay we you know we're gonna give you a chance to do some ballroom and uh, and then that was something that then gave me the platform to even be seen for Strictly because if I wasn't doing that role I, I would I would never be seen so I feel like they were they were so good in finding or like trusting you that you are going to be, you know, you're going to full, fulfill your part. And I feel like they, obviously you have a responsibility to show up, but then they give you so much freedom. And I don't think, and I, and you're absolutely right. I don't, I don't think there's many companies that exist in the world that would, that would give people that to, to find themselves. Yeah. It's exactly that. You've got like, you've got space to find mm. yourself as a, as a performer or as, as a dancer and what you bring to the table rather than trying to fit a mold that like this is the mold that will win you the competition. And maybe that's one of the biggest reasons why out of all the dancing with the stars of Strictly Come Dancing around the world, the most professionals come from this one company called Burn the Floor. 
And I feel like that's probably a huge part of it. That's probably one of the biggest reasons because it allows you to grow as, as who you are. And obviously you develop as a dancer, you have classes every single day, you're learning new techniques or whatever. And storytelling, which is something that you never do in, in comps. And uh, so I don't, think it's a, it's, I, don't, I don't think it's a coincidence that so many pros come from Burn the Floor. And even like when I joined the cast, I wasn't from the Bormen Latin competitive world at all. I joined in because they wanted to try something different. And the fact that they even kind of allowed the opportunity for myself and my partner, Robbie, Robbie Kimitoni, to come in and bring this kind of contemporary jazz element into a show that's mostly about ballroom and Latin, just goes to show you how much they really are willing to move with the times, shall I say? Like they're constantly pushing boundaries, they're constantly bringing in people that are different, that bring something to the show that is hasn't been really done or seen before. And I felt myself, because I was really nervous coming into the Burn the Floor cast, because I hadn't done any of the Latin competitive uh, years that you guys have had. But they took me under their wing, especially Pita. I remember just doing rumba walk after rumba walk after rumba walk. And those days where she would spend an hour and a half before a show when we were on the road and just going with me and Robbie through the steps. But then at the same time, Robbie and I having the ability in the show to do all the contemporary and jazz elements that we had trained in as well. Uh, so there's a lot to be said about the show and how much for all three of us, really, it was a pivotal point or a turning point in our lives where we came in and massive changes kicked into our careers. And then by the same token, it's like then the three of us end up on Strictly Come Dancing. And because of that kind of the way that we'd worked in that setting, then like because I, I think the best pros on, on Strictly are the ones that sort of take their celeb. And again, rather than try and make them fit a certain mold, it's like, OK, what does this celeb bring? Like, what's the good thing about them that I can find and develop? You know, say us three have, have had that, have been through that process ourselves. It's like, it's easier for us to sort of go in with that mindset. And to guide someone else through a, through a similar right. process at the end of the day. Absolutely You're absolutely right. right. You're yeah. absolutely, because I feel like the best way to get the best out of people is to make them feel comfortable in whatever they're doing. Because already they're grown into this deep end, doing something that they have no clue what, what, what's, what's about. And if you make them feel even more uncomfortable, you're never going to get nothing out of them, really. Now, Kevin, you, you had some incredible years on Burn the Floor with us. And then we all joined Strictly Come Dancing, like you said, together in 2013. Yeah, 2013. 2013. But now you've entered a new realm. You've entered the musical theater. I know you did it a little bit in the past, actually. You did it before uh, you joined Strictly. You were in Dirty Dancing. But, um, but now you're, you are all in, you're singing, you're acting, you're dancing. How have you found that, that kind of, because that's another, in my opinion, big pivotal turning point in your career as well, to go from television uh, to, which is a very different medium, to theater. Although we have done theater with Burn the Floor, to sing and act in the theater is, is, is very different. Um, how did you find that transition? Is it something that you were nervous about or something that you'd always wanted to do and you finally got your hands into it? How was that for you? It's definitely something I've always wanted to do and I've always been into and, and sort of been quietly working on in the background. But for me, strangely, there was this reluctance to throw myself at it probably out of fear of like what everyone would think or whatever like you know if if it would be good enough you know that kind of like imposter syndrome thing mm. and I, and i i love doing it like i love singing and acting and and i i love like the rehearsals and the lessons i love the whole process 
and I've loved being in like the, the, the shows that I've done. My biggest sort of fear with it all was that because people know me from Strictly Come Dancing and people that don't know that I've been working on this for quite a long time, and they might not be thinking this, but I, it was this thought in my head was like, everyone's going to be thinking, oh, he's got this part because he was in Strictly Come Dancing. Whereas someone who's trained in singing and acting should have got the part ahead of him. It's just like celebrity casting type thing. Because they wouldn't know that actually I've been working at it for years. So my biggest fear was that rather than being sort of relaxed about the whole thing every night on stage, my fear was like, I have to knock it out of the park. Otherwise, if it's a six or seven out of 10, people are going to go home going, oh, yeah, but he's not really a singer or an actor, is he? Like, just from the assumption uh, he's a dancer, not a singer or an actor. And like, I was terrified of like losing my voice or anything like that. You know, it happens in theatre. You know, a lead sometimes will, will, will lose their voice and the understudy goes on or, or whatever. But I was terrified of it because I was thinking, if I lose my voice for one night, the audience or even my colleagues on stage are going to think, yeah, he can't, he can't quite hack it. So I was so anal about the whole thing. I was like, every night I was like going to bed early with a tea and a tea and honey to like protect the voice. I was like, <laughs> while I wasn't on stage, I just wouldn't talk at all. I was like, I'm voice resting. And I was so annoying. Like, you know. <laughs> but you had your, your, for your role that uh, we're talking about Stacey Jacks, right? Cause you had to I mean, that is a hard role to sing on your throat every single night. Well, I had two quite different roles in the in playing Stacey Jacks in Rock of Ages. I wasn't on stage all the time, but the, when I was on stage, it was belting out, like wailing out rock. Yeah, mm. which is a very, very particular way of training your voice, isn't it? So I had to really learn how to do it that wasn't going to wreck my voice because I've got such a tendency to like... If I go to karaoke, like my favorite thing to do is just like sing a rock song and just blow out my voice. And I, and I was like, and people go, oh, yeah, you can really rock whale. And I'm like, yeah, but just once, just once. <laughs> and then, so I had to learn how to do eight shows a week of, of, of doing that sort of technically. Then when I did Wedding Singer, it was still a bit rocky in a couple of the songs, but not all of the songs. It was a bit more classical in, in his sort of sound. But I was on stage for nearly the whole show. I was barely off stage. So th there was a lot more chance of losing my voice. I mean, you were the wedding singer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the why. The show is named after you. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I'm only talking. I'm only using my voice when I'm on stage for this whole run. <laughs> Otherwise, don't talk to me because I'm, I'm voice resting, guys. I was like so annoying about it. Sorry, guys, voice rest, voice rest. Yeah, but it's, it's interesting that you say that because we do. It's, it's, I mean, I, I, I've been studying well-being and I've been focusing a lot on mental health in general and having lots of those conversations with many people and it's so interesting to see how much that internal conversation that you have with yourself affects your ability to produce something that you are either going to be really proud of or if you want to make a big change in your life those internal conversations make such a huge difference to your approach and even sometimes to the results of the things that you apply yourself to and it sounds to me like I, for one, I think you've proven it to everyone now that you are epic and you deserve to be in the roles that you play and you knock them out of the ballpark. Ali Ash and I have not had the privilege yet of coming to watch you, but solely because every time you're on tour, we've either been on tour or we've been in the middle of Strictly. I, I know in my heart that you're, you're incredible, uh, but I think you've proven now that you don't have to put that kind of pressure on yourself anymore because uh, when theaters open up again, that is the first ticket I'm going to go buy. Where is Kevin at? What is he doing? How have you found the whole kind of 
lockdown period and not being able to to do musical theater again and sing and act and do what you've been you know you kind of made that whole change in your career and all of a sudden it's just all stopped that must have been tough yeah I've, I've had a few conversations about this I think there's this thing like for us as performers where I'm, I'm sure it's the same for other people as well in, in their jobs but like some people their job is is just a job to them. For some people, they go and do a nine to five job and they come home and they don't think about their job. It's just like, oh, I've got to go into work, you know, the, the next day. It's it's like that. And, and it will be the case in other jobs, but especially in performing arts, I think everyone is so connected to what they do. It's like a real passion for, for them. Like we've, we've spent our lives training for this and, and we're very passionate about it. And we'll go through difficult circumstances to get it because of that one thing that might you know like we've all ended up on Strictly Come Dancing and stuff but I'm sure all three of us have also had times where it just felt like nothing's going anywhere it's not working we've got no money like you know all of that and you'll take any job just for scraps just because it's our dream to do it so it's like it's a massive part of our identity when we're not doing it it feels slightly like not just, oh, I'm not getting to do that thing I love. It's also like, oh, who am I without this? You're right, because you're not an artist for eight hours a day. You don't, you know, you don't go get up, go to work and come home and then you're something. And, and then you're a husband or a, or, a, or, a, or a dad with, if you're in performing arts or in any entertainment, really, it's kind of like 24-7. I mean, obviously, you, you don't entertain 24-7, but if nothing else, you are at least working on it thinking about it you have to choreograph you have you have to you have to learn your your lines you have to so it's kind of it's kind of 24/7 thing and i feel like now when we haven't done it for so long i feel like there's so many people that are normally let's say an, an ensemble cast let's say that that haven't worked in you know in over god knows a year mm-hmm. and it's going to be interesting to to see now when when the world goes back how many people actually hopefully everyone but how many people actually stayed within the industry i hope everyone i hope no one gave up and i hope no one started doing something not everyone started doing something else but just we had this project about 3 or 4 weeks ago and um there was half of the cast members that are amazing dance, dancers that all finished drama schools are now you know, working in delivery service or working in Tesco's or working in Sainsbury's. And uh, and those are all young kids that are now in those pivotal times in their careers. Like, you know, when you said when you go to Burner 4 or uni, I feel like that's for those kids. That's now that time. And if you cut that out for a year, if there's no platform that you could or no stage to dance on, it's it's going to be interesting to see. I feel like how the how the industry, our industry, is going to change. Mm. Yeah, like for me, it's because I've always had this weird sense of like whatever job I'm in, it's like okay, this is who I am in this job. Like so, like this is who I am as a competition dancer. This is who I am in Burn the Floor. This is who I am in on Strictly Come Dancing. And they can sort of be different people, but like I've never really, not for years and years and years or I've never really been through like this amount of time where you're sort of not in performing in any capacity. So it, on one side, it's like, oh my God, who am I without all of this? But on the other side, it's been an interesting time for, I'm sure for a lot of people, but I'm, I'm just speaking from, for me personally, it's been an interesting time because it, it's enabled me to go, okay, so this is who I am really then. This is, this is real me. Like without any of that, you know, without without yeah. having to perform in any capacity in any different type of show, this is who I am. 
and and I've sort of discovered new things about what I'm actually like rather than who I'm like in this capacity or in that show or in that show. I've found out that I'm quite boring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite happy just with a, a cup of tea and match of the day um, is what I like doing mostly and watching wrestling. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like you figure out like, yeah. oh, interesting. So I don't have to be anything for anyone. So this is what I really am then. Well, you've, you've probably never had that before because you, you've always been in the entertainment industry in some shape or form. Because even when you're competing, yes, you're competing. So you're competing to win a title or a championship, but you're still entertaining people through dancing. The people that go to watch the competitions are there to be entertained by the best of the best dancers in the world, really. That's how, that, how they see it. And I think because you are such a good storyteller, you are. That's why your choreography on Strictly was always so wonderful, because you were good at telling stories. You were good at delving into characterization. You were good at delving into different styles and different looks. We had goth Kevin, and then we had nerdy Kevin, and then we had, like, just Kevis, you know? <laughs> and all that, I think, stems from the fact that you probably, in your heart, have always just been a wonderful storyteller, and you allow yourself to delve into whatever it is that you're, you are doing at that time in your life or that part of the story of your life. But I find that the same way as you, in this lockdown, I have done a lot of self-reflection and I've done a lot of self-discovering and lots of things about myself and even Aliash as well, the two of us, as, as, as a couple and as individuals, we've learned so much about ourselves. And I think that's, that's true to be said for so many people. I think that's what everyone should be doing. Like, because ob obviously it's a, you know, you wish it was different circumstances. Obviously it's a horrible situation for everyone. But like, if you can look for any positive in it or anything of what we, how we should be treating it, is like what we've all been given is a bit of time. It's a, it's a chance to go. Like you know, you were saying before, you you were going like, just looking back and looking at your career on paper. So on one hand, it's it's a chance to go, wow, I've I've achieved this, this, and this, and actually sort of pat yourself on the back for it. Okay, and this is what I'm actually like as a person. These are these are the things that I gravitate towards. These are the things that I surround myself with. These are the things that I like or dislike. And then also look at things and go, "Wow, why 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 did I do that that time?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in a way, actually, if you if you think about it in, from the other side, we're actually kind of lucky that we had this year to reflect because normally that's what you would do when you retire isn't it mm. you you would do everything and then you would sit back and go okay this is what i've done good good on you Liash. good on you very good but we kind of had this now like for us you know probably like what i would say in, in the middle of our careers and it might be even good for it So Kev, one, we've got a little bit of a roadmap now. We kind of have an idea. I mean, who knows? It could change tomorrow. But we do have a little bit of a roadmap of what's going to happen now over the next few months. Is there, I mean, I know you've got Burn the Floor you're going to be working with again. I know you've got Strictly Ballroom. Which one of those is coming up for you first, I guess? Have, have any of those conversations happened and been locked in? Yeah, we're having a, a constant dialogue, basically. With, with with both of those shows um, about when exactly to do it. There were some dates with, with Burn the Floor, but I think we're changing them now. Yeah, that's sort of imminent because and there's just a few like sort of other projects because that's the other thing is like during lockdown, giving you the chance to sort of figure out other things and that like it, it's given me the chance to work on a couple of other projects that I've always been saying like, I'm going to do this thing as soon as I've got time, I'm going to do this thing. Like now it's sort of actually happening and the ball's rolling on, on a few other projects. So 
I, I feel like it's been this like really nice break and time to work and other stuff, but it's all going to come crashing into like one after another <laughs> quite soon. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, obviously I'm looking forward to coming out of lockdown. Yeah. I'm looking forward to all, all the projects coming up. I've been doing a lot of writing during lockdown as well. I've, I've taken a writing course and um, I've been talking about this TV drama that I've been sort of working on bit by bit over the last few years but now during lockdown it's really taken a the ball's really rolling on it i i remember you 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 have mentioned to us in the past that you've always wanted to write and like create a, a show or create a story of in some shape or form and if you're if your writing is anything like the, your choreography then i think we're going to be in for a real nice treat mm -hmm. uh, so fingers crossed you have always been this just a dream to work with like generally you're an inspiration to watch in rehearsals to see how you operate and and the stuff that you come up with is you know what it's it's kind of pioneering i feel like you're one of those people in about 20 years time we're gonna look back onto all the pros that ever did any of those of these shows you're gonna be one of those that sticks out as one of the most creative people and i feel like you got the job for what it for what it is i feel like you know even with you saying you you can't mold people you need to let them be them and the two of us will always talk about these things and uh, i feel like you you got it right when it gets to strictly and when it gets to your dancing careers i feel like from what you kind of got out of your competitive years it's incredible and i feel like you're building on on, on that now with these new projects and new endeavors and i can't wait i'm sad that i can't be there with you like i wasn't strictly doing it right with you Because I can't see you every day, but I but I know you're gonna be smashing whatever the future brings to you, man. Yeah, I know. Many, I know so you are. How many years have we known you now? Really, we met in like 2009, didn't we? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So 14 years. <laughs> <laughs> 45 yeah. years we've been friends. Yeah. <laughs> That's really kind. You like you saying those things, but also likewise. I mean, like you. Alias, you you won on your you came in like a steam train and won your first series of Strictly Come Dancing and you you've been you know one of the top pros ever ever since and and all your tours that you've done and and everything like you've been amazing and still are amazing and Janice <laughs> Jeanette, I was calling Janice. Janice I don't think we've told people okay? I call Kevin Kevis and he calls me Janice why we still don't know it's just always been that way. When people ask me about like my favorite numbers on Strictly and stuff, like obviously once I've got past Anton and Anne Widdicombe doing the samba, um, I'll still always like I'll talk about um, Ali, you and Helen's um, Les Mis Paso that you did. To me, was one of the most unbelievable numbers I've ever seen on Strictly. I was like blown away by. It. I was I was on one shoulder. I was blown away by it, going, "That's amazing! I'm so proud of him." Da, da, da. And on on the other side, I'm going, "God damn it! I wish that was mine." <laughs> <laughs> You know how we saved this? You know how we saved this? Did the two of us do it together one day? The same song? <laughs> <laughs> and Jeanette, like, like, and then, then we'll immediately go on to like you and, you and Jake's Salsa, obviously, which is one of the, the greatest numbers in the history of Strictly. And this last season in particular, I mean, you've always been brilliant um, from Burn the Floor and, and Strictly, but like um, Stace kept saying it actually as well. We'd be sat watching Strictly and Stace kept saying, is it me or is, is Jeanette like, proper fresh this year that's how she would say it she's a lot cooler than me she says words like fresh she says she says she's proper fresh this year and i was like no you're right like you 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 were dancing amazing this year you're always Thanks, dancing guys. amazing but i felt like particularly this year like you really you really stood out and we both kept commenting every week and saying like jeanette is killing it thanks uh you know what i have to give credit where it's due though harvey harvey was a dream of a partner he just 
He's 16 years younger than me, Kev. I've never felt more like an aunt or a mom in my life. But I think because he was so young and as Stace would say, fresh, <laughs> he always kind of kept me on my toes as well as a choreographer and as a dancer. Because I had to, we had to keep up with each other. I had more energy than he did, actually. I was a lot more hyper than he was. I can believe and that. And I could rehearse for hours and hours and hours. He, he had to kind of build up that stamina. But when it came down to kind of the creativity and steps and like, he was constantly saying, I like that. I can do two if you want me to. Like, or I think I want to do a lift here. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Like he was just right there with me. And to get a partnership like that is like they come once in the blue moon. Somebody that you just have such a creative ride with on the show. But thank you. I think I also owe it to my haircut. <laughs> haircut. I was just about to say. Uh, I was just so about to say. I think it's safe to say, uh, based on all the conversations we had today, is number one, people cannot be put in a box. Let's start with that. You can't, yeah, I hate to be put in a box. And I think it's so nice and refreshing to see that you're doing the same. You are a dancer. I mean, <laughs> I love to say, but you did freestyle disco dancing at one point. Which and I want to see one day, by the way. I was in a disco team called Crash. Amazing. Aww. We wore like, I had, I used to wear a black t-shirt and pink cycling shorts. Nice. <laughs> Good dancing look. the disco. Good luck. But you know, it's amazing because you've done disco dancing, then competitive dancing, then theater work, then choreographing and producing stuff on Strictly, to singing and acting in musical theater, to now writing and writing scripts for TV shows. It's just, it, it really is amazing to see that you, it, you are an example that putting someone in a box isn't always the best way to go because you can get so many amazing things from one person in so many different avenues. And I think that this whole lockdown for all of us, not just the three of us, but I think for all of us, is going to be a pivotal point or a turning point in all of our lives because as we've all said today's, in today's conversation, all of us have had to sit back and reflect and kind of think what really matters, who we really are, what do we really want to do. Maybe those projects that we always kind of did on the side now become the, the only thing we want to do when we come out of this. So I think worldwide, really, this is going to be a turning point for many, many people's lives, this, this lockdown. This podcast is definitely going to be a turning point for many people's <laughs> lives as well, which is lovely. Uh, <laughs> we love you to the moon and back. Yeah. And it would be, I can't think of anyone better to have this, this chat with. Thank you so much. We need a double time. date. Whenever we could do that six people thing, you know, outside in someone's garden, we can mm. do it. Stacy is, uh, I can't wait to see her decorations. Me and her love interior design. So I can't wait to come and see what she's been doing with the house because it looks incredible. Relentless. All I hear is the side return, the side return. I don't know what a side return is. <laughs> <laughs> side return. <laughs> she's got a lovely color scheme as well. So are you like Ali Ash? Wait, just a curiosity now, because at home, I do all the decorating. Ali Ash doesn't get involved at all. But then when the piece comes in, he'll be like, I think it actually looks better if we put it on this corner. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You have not had any input now. Well, I do emotional input because I have, to, you know. Are you getting involved with Stacy at all or not really? When we moved in, she started to talk about it. And I said, look, I don't really have an opinion on interior design enough. To her, when we moved into the house, she was like, she, she saw it as a project. I would have like, and, and I see that what she's done and I see, oh yeah, that's definitely better. But I would have happily lived in it the way it was. Like it didn't, it doesn't bother me. And, and she can't believe that I would even consider that. She was like, are you mad? But like, so I said to her, look, you, you do whatever you want to the interior design, whatever you're happy with, do that. She was like, perfect. 
So then she's gone about doing the whole house, spending way more on it than I ever would have wanted to. But then it came down to like one spot because our TV is in this corner and there's like this sort of um, alcove in, in, in the corner. There's like it's a weird shape. And um, sh- she wasn't happy about all the, the wires from like the Wi-Fi and the PlayStation. I hate the wires too, Kev. It's my biggest enemy too. <laughs> so she says, right, we're going to have a cabinet built to sort of fit, specially built to fit that little cove like the, in, in the wall like that. But the TV's got to go in there. So it's going to need... We're going to have to have a smaller TV. And I literally just went, Stace, I have let you do everything to the house. Please just grant me this little corner and don't make me go down to a smaller TV. <laughs> don't, don't downsize my TV. Well, why? But it'll look better. But it's like, but I, I just want a big TV. So she compromised and we had this special cabinet built that goes into the wall and then comes out on a diagonal so the TV can sit on it and it doesn't have to fit in those little walls. Nice. And that's my contribution to the house. The rest of it, it's all candles and flowers and jugs. Well, let's say Kevis. Kevin from Grimsby, Kevin Clifton, King Kev, your personal favorite for the last one. Thank you so much for joining us today. Honestly, it's been so, so nice to catch up with you. The man of many names, but one of the most genuinely lovely and creative people that I'm ever going to get a chance to meet. Thank yeah. you so much. Thanks for having me. I love you guys. Always nice to chat to Kevin Clifton. What a talent, what a man, what a friend. I miss him tremendously, him not being on Strictly, but it's so nice to chat to him and see what he's up in, up to in his life. And uh, always an exciting man. There's always something for him in the future, mm. isn't it? He's definitely got such an ability to kind of transform himself into whatever the next chapter of his life is. It was so nice to hear all about his turning points in his career and the things he's done. We miss Kev, don't we? But hopefully we can get to see him soon. Thank you all so much for listening in. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Twist and Shout. The Aliash and Jeanette podcast. Nice. Yeah, good. <laughs> turning point there. Huge turning point. <laughs> Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.